Hello and welcome to this special edition of Candidate Night with Hannah and Tom. We are doing an election snap. I said that weird, didn't I? An election snap. It's a pun of sorts on snap election because, of course, Theresa May, the vaunted overlord of the United Kingdom, <laughs> has determined that her power is insufficient and she requires more. And has called a snap election in the UK, which we won't be covering because UK elections are boring. I think it's been covered everywhere else quite sufficiently. Yes. So what we're going to do here is, I guess, kind of filling in lots of little ditty bits that we have, nuggets that we've uncovered over researching this for a few months now. I think at least six months now, which considering we've only released four, <laughs> is uh, impressive. Yes, it's quite a low level of output for the amount of wandering through Wikipedia that we've been doing about <laughs> all these strange elections. Um, so there's lots of sort of things that we just, uh, we haven't found a way to weave them into the context of an actual conversation about a particular country. So we're just going to fire them off at each other. Yes, the initial plan for this particular election snap is to find places and times where politicians have said or done things which would make you go, oh, snap. Yeah, so it's all, you can say it like election snap. Yes. Yeah, that's the idea. Sick burns. Sick burns is the parlance of the day. Yes, but then we're also, I think, going to just wander off into strange directions because, um, yeah, no, I've just, I've just gone down a complete internet hole. Yes. So we'll see how we get. Do you want to start us off, Tom? Tom's here with um, four very neatly printed out pages of are they double-sided? They're not, no. The oh. back side is a plane ticket. Oh, a few. Okay. And uh, I'm, I'm here with sort of like a post-it note with stuff. So this might be, you might be hearing a lot of Tom, but that's lovely. He's, he's a lovely man to listen to. Yes. <laughs> a page and a half of this is parliamentary procedure, which I'm sure will excite everyone. Oh, we'll, we'll get to that in due course. Yes. I'm, I'm absolutely on the edge of my seat. So I would like to start one off okay. uh, using President Andrew Jackson. If you've ever heard of him, long time ago, Andrew Jackson, one of the first presidents. Is that the one that Trump goes on about, where he he said it wasn't his fault, or he wanted the Civil War? Yes. <laughs> so that, that happened recently. Is that him? Yes. People are recently discovering that President Andrew Jackson was a complete fucking lunatic, is what we're learning. And so it's no wonder that Trump finds him so interesting. Yeah, he really lords him. Um... Yes. <laughs> so my first quote of the day is from President Andrew Jackson, who said, I have only two regrets that I didn't shoot Henry Clay and I didn't hang John C. Calhoun. So that's bearing in mind that John C. Calhoun was his vice president. Uh, wow. And I feel I do have to flag up a few other bizarre events in Andrew Jackson's life, if that's okay by you. That would be great. Is this, hang on, I just asked, is this from the same period of history where the vice president was the leader of the the, the opposition yes, party? Yeah. So they were still doing it then. When you could do that, yeah. So it would be, so Hillary would be Trump's vice Which would be lovely. President. <laughs> great, yeah. Go down really well. So that's, yeah, you can kind of imagine people having those kind of sentiments about their vice presidents when that was happening. Absolutely. So uh, Jackson challenged a man named Lawrence to a duel. And apparently Jackson's strategy was that he hoped that Lawrence would fire quickly so that he would miss, because Lawrence, it turns out, was a crack shot. This didn't work. Lawrence shot him in the chest directly, uh, just missing his heart, to which apparently Jackson didn't really take much notice and shot him through the face. Oh, my God. And won. <laughs> and, and won. <laughs> and, and won. Did you need to say that at that point? <laughs> yes. Well, and then apparently Jackson said, if he'd have shot me through the brain, I still would have killed him. This is the kind of man that we're looking for. He was the first president to have an assassination attempt on That's, him. That's uh... I mean, that's a claim to fame, but there definitely have been more famous. Well, I guess, actually, 
the successful assassinations are more famous than yes. the attempts, one might argue. Well, you say that, but actually, have you heard of William C. McKinley, for example? Uh, what name rings a bell? First successfully assassinated president. How, how many presidents have been assassinated? Four or five, I think. I, I couldn't tell you. So there's McKinley, Lincoln, Kennedy, and I'm sure there's others. Okay. Those are the ones that I know of. Mm. McKinley, interesting fact, to go down a different hole, uh, was shot by some anarchist. I can't remember what it was about. And he was taken to his sickbed. And uh, Thomas Edison came along and had a small... Light bulb guy. Light bulb guy and sort of uh, animal murderer. He used to electrocute elephants to demonstrate the efficacy of of, uh, his rival Tesla's. Uh, electricity, so the alternating current. Oh, Nicholas Tesla, yeah. Yeah, he was saying that Tesla was uh, evil and it wasn't going to work, so he murdered some elephants to prove it. Uh, Anyway, so (laughs) he came along and he had a primitive form of X-ray, tried to find the bullet in William C. McKinley's chest, and it came up as though he'd been shot by a machine gun. It was like, there are bullets everywhere. What it turned out was that he was lying on a bed with metal springs. <laughs> a bit unfortunate. So they're all like really evenly spaced. Yes. Metal <laughs> that he was, it was like, my God. And a man of Edison's intelligence couldn't figure that out. So yeah. there you go. I just uh, did a cheeky Google of President's Assassinators, and it's come up with um, Abraham Lincoln, James A. Garfield, oh, yeah. William McKinley, JFK, Andrew Jackson... Abraham Lincoln again. This is confusing. William Howard Taft, Theodore Roosevelt. This must be. No, these are attempted this, this assassinations. Is attempts, yeah. Because yeah. su- Jackson didn't die. If I add the word successful, is successful the right <laughs> adjective for that? Maybe it was just the three. Yeah, because I was confused because it had all of those. Lincoln twice. Yes. And then it said more items. I was like, wow. <laughs> oh, four. There we go. No, it's just Lincoln, Garfield, McKinley and Kennedy. Ah, I'd forgotten Garfield. A few other things about Andrew Jackson? Yeah, Just, keep, keep just because I have done quite a lot on him, apparently. He had a, a passionate hatred of paper money. Believed that it wouldn't work. Uh, it wouldn't work. Yeah. I mean, if you believe that money doesn't won't work, then it doesn't, really. I think belief well, is the only true. thing that makes money work. Money, law, everything. Yeah. I agree. Oh, we've gone to a weird place Down now. Down my anarchist <laughs> tendency, I'm pleased to say. After he won his first term, he held a party at the White House and invited 20,000 people. And they all wow. turned up, and he got too rowdy, so he fled the White House. Oh, I've had parties like that, yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> one, one last thing, one last thing. Okay. Uh, I really doubt this is true, but he had a parrot. Uh, I don't doubt that he had a parrot, but apparently at his funeral, the parrot had to be taken out of the church because it was swearing too loudly. Wow. He had a par- Well, there's been lots of weird pets. Hitler in- had a parrot. Hitler had a parrot? Yeah, before he had a dog, yeah. I've never heard that before. Oh, well, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm not making it. My history teacher told me that, and obviously, when you're at GCSE level, you don't check. So, Should I Google Hitler yeah, could Parrot? You? Okay. Hitler Parrot. <laughs> Hitler Parrot. Oh, he assassinated Garfield. Charlie the Parrot. Charlie the Cursor. According to the stories, this vocal bird was taught by Churchill to shout curses at Adolf Hitler. Oh. Okay, well, now that's, that's Churchill's parrot. So Churchill had a parrot. Well, Churchill, Hitler. Char- <laughs> you know, it's the same thing. Yeah, fair enough. My turn? Yeah. Yeah, okay, great. Um, what have I got? Right. Um, you donkeys from Gujarat. Yes. That's my sick burn. Gujarat. Donkeys from Gujarat. India. Or in, uh, yes, or Gujarat ki Gadhi. So, um, you know, earlier this year there were the um, assembly elections mm. in Uttar Pradesh, which mm. is the uh, state in northern India. It's where the Taj Mahal is. There was this really weird sort of feud that happened. So you got the um, Prime Minister of India, who's this guy called Narendra Modi. Modi yes. Um, and so... He's obviously campaigning, and he did this advertising campaign with this very famous Bollywood star. And then the sort of opposition parties, this uh, the chief minister in Uttar Pradesh, this guy called 
Akhilesh Yadav. He made a comment about this this advert that they did. Um, he said that this Bollywood star should stop endorsing donkeys from Gujarat, <laughs> meaning um, President Modi, Prime Minister Modi, because he um, used to be from Gujarat. And then Modi responded at a rally saying that he was proud to be compared to a donkey because donkeys work really hard. It's a fair point. Yeah. And then he came back with a vibe. Uh, a vibe? Hello. Can't even read my own printed writing. I came back with a jibe about the guys with the donkey thing. Um, about his party, saying that they spend all their time and resources looking for buffaloes when they go missing. Because one of the other ministers from that area uh, lost all his buffaloes oh. who had to be um, rounded up by the police force. Because so, otherwise that would be a very strange non sequitur. Yes. <laughs> We're like, oh, okay. Lost all my buffaloes. Lost all my buffaloes. It's like least, losing your marbles. Lisa, I didn't lose all my buffaloes. I think it was going. So there's <laughs> a lot of... Um, what do you call it? Bovine animal? No, what hoofed animals? What are they called? Uh, ungulates. Ungulates. A lot of ungulate insults going on in yes. India at the moment, and that is the tongue twister that I've arrived at. <laughs> I mean, that's lovely. Yeah, that's very good. I, I haven't got anything on India. I've got a donkey thing. I, do you want a donkey thing? Yes. If you, well, that's a funny thing to fire back at. Yeah. 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 yeah snap. On, <laughs> snap. Uh, that's the game now. We've worked out the concept. <laughs> it's very loose. <laughs> Do you remember Hugo Chavez? Oh, warmly. Of Venezuela. Uh, interesting chap. Had multiple coups uh, that he either instigated or were instigated against him. So he staged a coup in Venezuela, then someone staged a coup against him, and he staged a counter-coup. Ca- a counter-coup? A counter-coup. And then he was in until he died last year, I think. Did he die? Or was he... Repl- no, he died, yeah, I think. You're not thinking of Castro? No. No, 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 no. He died. Castro's still alive. Of course he is. Yeah. No, he's not. He died last year. That Who was did? Per- Which Castro? Fidel Castro. Not Raul. No, Fidel. Oh, is Fidel dead? No, I remember there being oh, because I I was sad about that, and you know, and then Prince. It was terrible. Yes, they are on a par. (laughs) You're right. Anyway, so Chavez uh, famously hated George Bush, and he didn't speak English. But George uh, Bush, way yeah, so true, so very true. Mm. Is our children learning? So he sort of thought he would combine his lack of liking Bush with his lack of English speaking, and on live TV he said in English. You are a donkey, Mr. Bush. You're an alcoholic Mr. Danger. Or rather, a drunkard. I'd love to be called Mr. Danger. Mr. Danger. That sounds like he um, kind of Google translated yeah. what he wanted to say. Yeah. Trying to say you're a dangerous man and yeah, you're, you're a... Mr. Danger. <laughs> yeah, that sounds quite cool. That's amazing. Mr. Danger. I saw this great, uh, it was like a meme on the internet of um, some, I think it was in Korean. It was a big banner that had been printed and they'd obviously needed the the English subtitle of mm. whatever the banner was saying and the English subtitle read could not connect to translation service <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> there's there's a good one in uh, Wales which is the same thing and it was a, a street sign or something like that or quite a big one said it was supposed to say something like welcome to you know Abergavenny or something but it said the same thing it said in Welsh I'm out of office at the moment <laughs> please could you call my mobile <laughs> which I thought was really good okay okay so I mm. I don't have any more in South America but I got one in Asia, which I I found really weird. So I couldn't find anything on Japan. I was desperately trying to find something in Japan, but they're very polite, apparently, in their politics over oh, there. That's a shame. It is a bit, but I found something to do with the Japanese ambassador and the Chinese ambassador. So obviously a bit of a to and fro between them about the Second World War. They're pretty pissed off at each other all the time. And the Japanese ambassador went over to China to a World War II commemoration ceremony. Or would you say the Chinese ambassador went over from... No. The Japanese ambassador to China... That's that's the way you'd say it. Sorry, right? yeah, yeah, that is a very good point. Okay. Mm. The Japanese ambassador to China 
was in China, where he's ambassador to China for Japan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. With me? Right. Yeah. Okay. And he went to a World War Two ceremony, whatever. And the Chinese didn't like this very much. The Chinese ambassador to Japan then claimed, and this is a bad translation, but he claimed that Japan was Voldemort, and the World War Two shrine was a Horcrux. Wow, wow. Someone is an HP fan. Uh, yes, but then bizarrely, the Japanese ambassador tweeted back that in fact China was Voldemort. <laughs> wow. Oh, <laughs> so, no, he didn't. Strong words going on there. Really weird. No, you're Voldemort. No, so you're the, a Horcrux. These are two, like, foremost ambassadors oh, yeah. to these guys. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. That is... And also, I mean, again, like, the Japanese tend to be quite reserved, but uh, apparently, I mean, that's quite a strong insult to say you're Voldemort, I would think. I just, it's just bizarre. I didn't, didn't realise Harry Potter was actually that big. Everywhere, oh, well, obviously it's yeah, completely international. But you know, it is that—that that is the worst thing you can say. You are Voldemort if you're really into Harry Potter. Otherwise, it's quite a bizarre. <laughs> Unless you're in favour of the purebloods, in which case you'd be saying you're a mudblood would be the worst thing you could say. Yeah, so you're still talking to me in the frame of this Harry Potter world. <laughs> yes. and I am trying to come oh, from an the... outsider perspective and say that it all sounds a bit silly. In, in the real world, you mean? Yes. Oh, so you're talking about purebloods and halfbloods? Yes, and I'm going. Mm. Harry Potter, interesting. So, I mean, the politics of Harry Potter is really interesting. <laughs> I uh, I never really understood how the Minister for Magic got elected. Oh, that would be interesting to try and like, yeah. unpick. Because Rufus Scrimgeour just seems to get the job after Cornelius Fudge gets kicked out. Well, doesn't it? It all gets kind of like corrupt and... Yeah, that's um, true. T- t- tim-, tim Pot. Yeah, I mean, I'm digging some stuff out of the back of my brain here, so this is on, mm. the, on the hook well, of it. Actually, after Brexit, I... Um, I uh, I happened to be reading. What was it? I, I looked. I could remember this passage in the Goblet of Fire, and I went to look up to see if I'd remembered it right. Remembering passages, where I got indeed verbatim. I was so sorry. Um, and it's this bit right at the end of the book where the Cedric Diggory's died, and oh. you've got all of the different schools all sort of sat together in the hall, and Dumbledore's talking to them, mm. and it was a really like kind of politically resonant speech about sort of all these different European kind of yes. students all coming together and it's like we you know, we're gonna hold together and pull through this. Not um, you, Dermstrang. <laughs> uh I'm gonna have to dig that up, but I definitely it I was like, wow, this is it was quite prescient. Yes. I well think. It, she's always been good on that though, hasn't she? I mean the whole thing about the sort of the whole thing was about racism essentially. Mm. Very good. Oh she did this great comeback at uh, JK Rowling of um some Trump supporter <laughs> on uh, on on Twitter. Who who said that I'm never going to? Re- I'm so sad. I've been a massive fan for years, but you've come out against Trump, and I'm never going to read your books again. Yeah. And she came back saying something uh, like, "Well, if you can't understand a story about a, a <laughs> dictator coming <laughs> with uh, messages of division and intolerance, then you know I don't true. want you reading my books." No, quite. That's very true. <clears throat> Might have gone over your head. Yes, indeed. Mm. Well, anyway, sorry about that. Had to uh, just throw into Harry Potter. What you got? Do you remember? We nearly did Algeria and then yeah. sort of ran out of time. Yeah. Um, so Algeria, they had an election this year and they, I kind of had a bit of a glance over this and they've got a real, they've got a massive problem with people being apathetic and really low voter turnout. So um, this year I think they had their, one of their lowest ever, it was 38%. Ooh, and the for one, a national election? For a national wow. election. And the one before that was I think 42%. And people um, there's, spoil their ballots. People stick in like food wrappers and just bits of litter and chewing gum and stuff. Um, and someone they kind of like 
were taking photos of all these strange things that had been put in instead of proper ballots, and someone had put in an A4 piece of paper um, that said, Wenger out, with a picture of Arsene <laughs> Wenger, manager of Arsenal, <laughs> who, you know, aren't doing so great at the moment. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Or a peeved off Arsenal fan who's used this to <laughs> get his message out there. Um, but one of the um, ways that the government have used to encourage people to get out to vote, because everyone is thinking nothing's going to change, yeah, there's so much corruption and stuff, there's no point. Um, the government put out a statement encouraging women to hit their husbands if they refuse to vote. Quite right. Mm. That's rather good. Yeah, I mean... It didn't work, though, did it? No, I don't think the other way around would be particularly good. I mean, domestic violence in any form, even, you know, really pro-getting people involved in democracy. Yes. Um, I don't think you need to threaten to hit people. I mean, I feel increasingly, the more that sort of you learn about politics, actually, that the more you want people to hit people to stop them voting. <laughs> because a lot of people are really stupid. Yeah, yeah, there, there is... Um... Yes, yeah, so there is an edge towards that. Several million people voted UKIP at the last election. And you think hitting might be the, the way forward. It's the only way to that. stop them. Uh, what, <laughs> what were we just talking about? Yeah, well, I was just talking I've about... I've had half a beer. I'm very... <laughs> uh, yeah, Tom said half a beer, and I've had all of the beer but last night. Mm. So we're feeling interesting right now. I'm trying to find a snap to something you just said. Uh, we're talking about apathy in Algeria. Uh, oh. Uh, Anything that could potentially link to that. If not, we'll uh, just... We're going to... Algeria. Great. Former French colony. Prime Minister Georges Clemenceau of France, in the turn of the uh, 18th, no, 19th to 20th century, said of British Prime Minister David Lloyd George, Oh, if I could piss the way he talks. Which I think's fucking amazing. Um, hang on, if I could piss the way he talks. Because he... Talks quickly, I think is the point. Or, or talks too much. Talks a lot. Talks in George Clemenceau was quite old, a, a I think. Strong, constant stream. Yes, the point he was making is that he had prostate troubles. <laughs> I thought it was rather good. Um, Clemenceau, as an aside, in case you want to know, was uh, one of the key people who got... Have you heard of the Dreyfus Affair? Oh, yes. Yeah, he what, got Dreyfus off. He was, so George Clemenceau was a newspaper proprietor. And when Dreyfus was framed for passing off information to the Germans. So this is during the sort of the, the Franco-Prussian conflicts and things like that. Uh, Clemenceau tried to get him off. And he did, eventually. But it took about 20 years. Yeah, anyway. Oh, good, yeah. great. Yeah. It was a guy called Esther Hazy, in case you want to know. It wasn't Dreyfus. Read a book about it recently. Very interesting. Oh, very interesting. I can clarify that Tom is not looking at his notes no, right now. That is no. coming straight from his brain. Yeah, I've got Dreyfus on the brain. Ouch. Um, I had a little thing about France, and then I forgot to... Write it down. <laughs> so, but I vaguely remember it. You know the whole um, debacle about calm down, dear, that was in. Yeah. Who said that? That was David Cameron. David Cameron. So Harriet Harman. I think. Yeah. yeah. I think Sarkozy did the same thing. Or the guy before Sarkozy. But when oh. they had their presidential debate, because obviously this year the Macron and Le Pen one, everyone was talking about how. Oh, Macron! Well, hey, congratulations, sir. Um, everyone was talking about how laced with insult and absolute down in the in the um, dregs that conversation was but they've had some pretty heated debates in the past as well mm. and okay. someone told someone to calm down something in about french. misogyny in french yes yeah. what's calm down in french calmez-vous calm 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 <laughs> i think it's definitely calmez-vous because we say that, don't we? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, there we go. Solve yeah. that problem. Sorted. Well, I still feel happy, even though that that story completely fell on its <laughs> I'm going to stick to what I've got written down. Okay. So that was a feud, you would say, perhaps. One could argue. One could very tenuously argue. So have you ever heard, probably not, because why would anybody that wasn't some kind of 
political historian, uh, of Lord Castlereagh and George Canning. No, but those are... They sound like fictional characters. They do, don't they? Dickensian. Is this, is this Harry Potter? <laughs> well, it, it's, you know, in the 1870s. Oh, I everything think. was fictional. No, sorry, earlier than that, 1810s, much earlier. Um, so they were famously hated each other. They were politicians, they hated each other. And they had a duel uh, on Putney Heath, as you do, to settle, essentially, their dispute was... Who fucked up in the Napoleonic War? And Napoleon won a bit, and they couldn't figure out whose fault it was. So they had a duel. And Canning was lightly wounded in the thigh, goes to the history books. Lightly wounded in the thigh? Lightly that wounded. That sounds like someone's preparing chicken. Yes, indeed. <laughs> lightly wound the thigh, and then baste it for four hours. Um, and anyway, so they had this duel, and they, they went away, and it wasn't really settled. The point being is that they were both serving ministers in the same cabinet of uh, Lord Portland at the time. And their inactivity of Lord Portland to stop this kind of thing led to his downfall and his replacement by Spencer Percival, the only Prime Minister to ever be assassinated. Really? Yeah. Okay. I was thinking of asking that, yeah. yeah. We've only, we've, he's the only one? He's the only one. We've had a couple of attempts, but he's the only one. He's the only one. And that was, what, 1820s? 1810s, 1820s, 1810s I think. Yeah. Like so it was back in the day when uh, Parliament was a lot more open to the public. You could just walk in. You could walk in and talk to your MP. I mean, with, with a musket, apparently. yeah. Well, a, a, a loaded pistol, certainly, yeah. And so they did, and they shot him, and that that was the end of Percival. Who shot him? Uh, one of his constituents. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you should listen. Yeah. So he he claimed that he'd been unfairly held in Russia, and that the Russians had taken away some of his money, some of his investments, and he felt that uh, Percival, as his MP, should have sorted it out, and he didn't. But Percival... Oh, Russians always get involved in everything. Indeed. Percival uh, managed to stop the crowd from actually killing his assassin before dying himself. But then the assassin was hung <laughs> later on. So he's just been shot and then he's... He's like, no, don't kill him, don't kill him. Justice must be served and all that. He's entitled to his opinion. This is <laughs> how he is casting his vote in my chest. Yes, quite. So that's a bit of Parliament for you. I've got loads more on Parliament. Probably leave that. Tom, to, Tom, Tom loves a bit of Parliament. Can't be stopped, that man. Okay, I've got some little bits and bobs which I could rattle through. Yeah, maybe we should have a little break. Yeah. Okay. Um, have you heard? I'm sure you have. You've been involved in all of the elections ever, as far Ugh. as I can. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Too got this tired, haggard expression <laughs> for such a young man. <laughs> uh, have you heard of Lord Hannah of Pilcott? No. Lord Hannah. Lord Hannah. Yeah, like me. That's amazing. Uh, I was looking up uh, weird polling stations. Mm. Age-old debate, polling or polling? Polling, I would polling. say. Polling, yeah. okay, I always say polling. Well, whatever. And I'm wrong. Um, weird polling been stations. politics for the past seven years of my life. That's <laughs> well, you know, it fine. <laughs> I'm just trying to keep up. Trying. <laughs> anyway, so Lord Hannah of Pilcott um, is this guy who lives in this little cottage near mm. Fleet, and his house is... A polling station. Fleet in Lancashire. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, it's just this... Well, it's it's not... It's like a little hamlet. It's a tiny place. It's a really old, like, um, Tudor big thatch. It's grade two <laughs> listed building. And his living room is a polling station for that little... That's amazing. Hamlet. And it's the only person place in the country where it's like a house yeah. that people go to. And he always casts the first vote. He does it <laughs> in his dressing gown with his special 50-year-old teddy bear that's always with him. Wow. And the local papers... Take a photo. Um, I mean, I don't want to cast persons on him. He, he's not. He's, he shouldn't be voting in the general elections. He's not allowed. He can vote in local elections. <laughs> oh, because he's a lord. Yeah, lords aren't allowed to vote for House Commons. Oh. Yeah. 
Because he's yeah, he is an actual. He's a proper lord. Is, it, is he? Is he a sitting peer? I don't think he is. Okay, that he, might change the rules. About he's him, a sure. member of the Monster Raving Loony Party. Um, ah, as well. in which case, he's but, definitely but, not a sitting peer. He's not definitely not a sitting <laughs> peer. But I thought it was maybe you know like hereditary, certainly. Yeah. Screaming Lord such. Yeah, I mean um, he, he made that title up. He made it yeah, title, yeah, but yeah. but he is at Lord Hanner of Pilcot is an actual that's, that's an actual title. That's incredible. Um, I think yeah he uh, I think he, he passed away sadly oh, a no. few years ago. But he had a nice write up. Um, in the newsletter of the Monster Raving Loony Party. I imagine. As a valued member. Their party conference is held in a pub every year because there's only sort of six or seven of them. But, okay, so I don't know if you know about this, but there's been a huge schism in the Monster Raving Loony Party. Do we need to explain who the Monster... Everyone knows the Monster Raving Loony Party, don't they? Well, depends whether it's the Monster Raving Loony Party or the real Monster Raving Loony Party. Oh my God, is there a copycat so, organisation? Some time ago, they won a councillor, like a parish councillor somewhere. I can't remember where. What, a single councillor? A councilor. single parish councillor. You're not an entire council? No, no, no. God, no. No, no. Parish councillor. And uh, it was a, a woman whose name I forget. And she defected to the BNP. She defected from the Monster Raving Loonies to the BNP. The British National Party, yes. This is okay. quite a long time ago. Anyway, this, this led to a cascade of internal politics that uh, they split into two different parties. So there's actually two Monster Raving Loonies parties now. Because I, I don't know why I, in my head I thought they were left... I mean... Most of them just... Ridiculous. Degaff, you know. Yeah. So there's a really sort of hard, <laughs> hard right... Who are generally, genuinely Monster Raving loony people, I think. Who are also BNP supporters. Oh, wow. Yeah. Who knew the far right has infiltrated <laughs> that bastion of British democracy? Oh, I just, I love it so much when you have the amazing election night footage. It's worth the only thing that makes elections yeah. worth watching on TV is all night you get these little church halls in places around the country. And then lining up on stage, you've got sort of some major, <laughs> you know, cabinet member or yeah. shadow secretary. <laughs> Sort of stood there and they're, then they're, they're tied with their rosette, and then there's a guy dressed as a giant hamburger yeah. or something <laughs> next to them. That's so good. I think their current leader is Nick the Flying Brick, which is just great. Nick great the guy. <laughs> How many candidates do they stand? Uh, not a huge amount. Uh, yeah. I, don't think. I mean, you, so it but used you, to you just spot be, him. Yeah, it used to just be that Lord Such would tour around and do every. Um, by-election that was going because it was sort of you know quite well known. And he he, he would sort of like challenge sort of major. Oh yeah, the candidate. Yeah, so he'd definitely. be on standing on stage with, like the prime minister. <laughs> yes, yeah, absolutely. I think I think it's a great idea. Talking about weird candidates, I was telling you about Dustin the Turkey. It was I, it was Dustin. It was Dustin. It? Yeah, I didn't yeah. look it up. What was it? Oh my god! So he's a this is a, a puppet in Ireland, like a children's TV show puppet, like a turkey with like big googly eyes. Right. Um, and he had a political career in <laughs> Ireland in the nineties where he um. Yeah, he, he went up for election like he had his own sort of manifesto and he got quite a few votes. That's amazing. And then he's had a sort of, after leaving politics, he's had a further career as um, UNICEF ambassador from Ireland. Wow. And it's just a puppet of a turkey. Wow. And there was this great article I read where he this this turkey puppet, Dustin, Dustin. bless him, he was sent to South Africa to research about the impact of the HIV-AIDS epidemic on children. What? And it's this really earnest article about Dustin was shocked to hear about the impact on Holy children's shit. lives. But he's interested to see what local communities are doing with medicine. What the hell? And pictures of like, these South African kids next to this turkey who just sort of look... I, I, suppose I mean, they'd, they'd pay more attention to him than, like, Ender Kenny, the Prime Minister of Ireland, wouldn't they? So actually, it's quite a good idea. I mean, he's I think he's, he's a character performed by a guy called John Morrison. There's uh, quite a good run of um, 
faux candidates. So obviously, Al Murray stood against Nigel Farage. Oh yeah, pub, the Thanet. pub landlord. Yeah, as the pub landlord and won a few hundred votes off Farage. Um, or we assume off Farage, which led to Farage losing for the seventh time in a row. <laughs> to the point that now he's not standing ever again, apparently. Yes, it's Still a... waiting for that knighthood, isn't he? Not going to get it! Oh, yeah, no, he's... What, he's... He's going to die unhappy, isn't he? Apparently he's going to die in Germany. He said if it goes wrong, if Brexit goes wrong, he'll go abroad. Oh, the irony. Oh, he did, didn't he? Because, of course, his children are German. Of course, yeah. People forget this. People, he doesn't not talk about very much. He didn't like people speaking in foreign languages on the bus, forgetting that his children are fluent in a foreign language. (laughs) Anyway, let's not talk about him. Um, Just one thing on, you started this with polling stations. So a lot of the polling stations, obviously in churches, town halls. That kind of thing. Uh, Lord Hannah's living room. Lord Hannah's living room, indeed. And shipping containers, is what I found, and a caravan. Anyway, a caravan, yeah. <laughs> so uh, a lot of them are, you know, require whoever the key holder is to turn up and open the door at seven in the morning for the electoral officers to come in. And the law says that if you can't do that, if they don't turn up for whatever reason, then if all else fails, you should hold the polling station in the back of a car so that there's privacy. So, like, you can go, the voter goes in the back of the car the electoral officer is in the front of the car and they sort of block the windows and things like that. And that happened this election. There was one polling station where the, the keyhole didn't turn up and so they had to do it out the back of a car. Out the back of a car? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I I think, you know, people should be warned about this. If oh, indeed. You've got a strange sort of invigilator sitting <laughs> by a little, little hatchback going, hey, do you want, you want to vote? Hey, <laughs> hey. Okay. Get in the back, get in the back. Cash for <laughs> votes, cash for votes. Fake polling station. <laughs> I might say one, that's a great idea. Yeah, so it's a, become like a rut of them like fake taxis and yes. people have to be warned about <laughs> you see this man don't vote in the back of the public information <laughs> campaign by the government so and they're just set in the front yeah because they have to be present obviously so that the people going in the back can't fiddle around with the other votes yeah yeah wow yeah that's crazy yeah well our whole what, is it, what was the keyholder doing well, well forget I, it I don't know yeah, no, no one know. probably knows. dead I don't oh, know dear. yeah I didn't check. <laughs> Have you heard about um, election predictors? Right. You know how when there's like big football games, there's like that octopus. Oh, yeah. swims yeah, over yeah, and there's yeah. like monkeys and stuff. And they, they did that with the, the presidential election as well. They're like sticking yes. a picture of people's, the candidates' faces. Yes. Like two balloons and then the monkey grabs one or something. <laughs> but there's this um, great article on cracked.com with... Um, a list of really bizarre factors that, that have produced almost every presidential election. Okay. At least in the latter half of the uh, 20th century. Um, so there's the, the Redskins rule, which is about whether the um, Washington Redskins American football team, mm. it's uh, if they win their last home game before the election day, then the party in power, the incumbent party, holds on to the White House. And if they lose, uh, then the opposition party takes over. Right. And that's been... True for every single election since 1940. Wow. Which is pretty impressive. Um, there's also uh, which candidate sells more Halloween masks <laughs> in the run up to the election, which is a bit weird because you kind of think that people would dress up as the candidate that they disliked. Yes. But it's the one that sells the most. It's the one that they like. Yeah. Um, there's one... Uh, they have um, a... <laughs> they, they you wouldn't want a mask of Al Gore, would you? Um, I mean, if you... I don't know. Hated environmental. <laughs> <laughs> hated the world. Hated yeah. the world. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, well, yeah, well he. But that's the point. You wouldn't want an Al Gore right, and and he didn't win. But, uh, okay. Uh, there's the. the <laughs> stay with me here. There's sure, a, sure, couple, sure. a couple more. There's the kids' vote. So they do before the election. All the schools in the country they do a 
kids mock vote for uh, scholastic news and they've uh, correctly predicted 15 out of the past 17 elections trump won that um i don't, actually this article is kind of old i'm going to i'll double check i'm slightly worried that children were voting for george bush <laughs> they did yeah well i mean they are they're, they're kids well, so cuz i remember we had a uh, mock election in my oh god uh, primary school i think so this must have been 97 uh something like that and i was amazed at how many of the children in my class aged nine voted conservative like overwhelmingly conservative bizarre children are stupid children well i think i was um i liked the conservatives when i was a kid because their picture was a tree yes i suppose so. i, I really like climbing trees <laughs> so that, that kind of vote for the party you can climb yeah at all at all times can't climb a bird can you you can't you can't climb, can't a, climb a rose can't mm. climb a pound sign. Um, something about the Summer Olympics. So right. uh, this is a little bit complicated. Bear with me here. So when the Summer Olympics is hosted by a country that's hosted it before, so that they've done it hosted more than one time before, if they're hosting it for not the first time, then the incumbent party will win. If a new country is hosting the Summer Olympics for the very first time, then the incumbent party loses. And this has been true since 1960, apart from 1988. Okay. Okay. Because Japan uh, hosted the Olympics for the first time. But, it, <laughs> but how people work this out? Because yeah. like, they must have just gone through just random bits yeah, yeah. of data just to see what worked and what didn't. I suppose this is the power of big data, isn't it? Um, I think my favourite one is there's one about uh, the Best Picture um, Award <laughs> in the Oscars. So... <laughs> If the movie that wins the Oscars before um, the election has like a happy ending, like the good guy wins right. sort of thing, then the opposition party wins. <laughs> um, and if they have a sort of like kind of like downbeat kind of like, oh, the, the system beat them down, the, the good guys lost, then the incumbent party wins. Right. No, no, no. The incumbent party loses if, if the movie has a sad ending. Okay, yeah. right. Gotcha. So, I don't know, people are just generally dissatisfied with things. It's like, so, <laughs> 1975, for example, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest okay. one. So, that's there's someone who's not insane, who gets lobotomized. It's all very sad. Institution failing people. Next year, the incumbent party loses the presidential election. Right. Do you know what it's called as a logical fallacy? So, correlation and causation is a logical fallacy. Yeah. It's cum hoc ergo propter hoc. I'm, bless you. Sorry, say that again. Cum hoc ergo propter hoc. Is that in Latin? Yeah. At the same time as this, therefore, because of this. So it's so there isn't actually there's no no connection between. There's no connection. They just no. happen to have been at the same time. And so if something happens afterwards, or so, something happens and then something happens afterwards, you know, so you think that there's a correlation between an event and something happening afterwards. That's post hoc ergo propter hoc. Well, I'm gonna have to write these down. I Should think. you ever need to know, I've never needed to use them. Ever until this. So they moment. come up in an argument and go, you can't say that. Just, that's just post hoc ego Ego propter hoc, yes. Indeed, yeah. It's a whole raft of logical fallacies. Because I guess presidential elections, there's only been like like 20 in a century. Yeah. I mean, 20 is not, not a very large amount of data. Indeed. If you can pick from any <laughs> any events happening that yes, happened. Yeah, exactly. I think we should try I mean, and make some of yeah, our Yeah, there's own. a lot of American football teams where their winning and losing streak has nothing to do with the election at yes. all, no correlation. Yes. But the likelihood is there's a lot of teams, one of them will have a correlation. Yes, yeah, indeed. Yeah. Yeah? I think that's very cool. I think so. I've de debunked all of it. Yes, I yeah. think so.
It's good stuff. I was trying to work out if the um, the film that won uh, the the Oscars before the most recent election fitted it. It was Spotlight. Ooh, what's which that? Was, uh, I haven't seen it actually. It's a film about some sort of plucky journalists uncovering the um, um, sex abuse scandal in the Catholic Church. Oh, so I probably I, have a good ending, can no, it? Either way, I think it's. I think it maybe kind of has. I'm trying to look at the plot synopsis. I think I think they they kind of win through and they break some news. Okay, yeah. Um, so that would suggest that then the incumbent party win, but that would be wrong. That would be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. So we've all learned a little something. That's very interesting. But, you know, things about um when people promise that if an election goes one way or another, then they'll do something. So mm. that thing about. Katie well, Hopkins promises that she'll leave the UK if the Tories don't win. Yeah, so that's been memeing all over at the moment. <laughs> you know, another thing that Katie Hopkins promised Ooh. is that if Sadiq Khan won the mayoral election, she would streak down Whitehall with a sausage up her bum. D- did she? She, as far as I've been able to tell, so she said that in 2014, I've been going over the internet, and I, I think we would have heard if she had. She said, uh, she clarified a halal sausage. Of course, because, yes, because she's a lovely. awful person. Ugh. But yeah, no, I think people, oh, well, people we should, should um, pick that up again. Katie Hopkins, if you're listening. <laughs> you promises. horrible, horrible person. <laughs> what else have you got, Tom? I've got more, more presidential ones, actually. Peter Muggins, a US citizen and Confederate sympathiser, hand-wrote a letter to Abraham Lincoln, which went as the following. Goddamn your goddamn old hellfire goddamn soul to hell goddamn you and goddamn your goddamn family's goddamn hellfire goddamn soul to hell and goddamn your goddamn friends to hell. He was a fan, was it? Wow. Yeah. When Calvin Coolidge, president, died, Dorothy Parker asked simply... Dorothy Perkins? Dorothy Perkins <laughs> asked simply, how can they tell? Ooh, Brutal. Burn. <laughs> Brutal. That is a burn. That is a snap. Surely. Yes. He's quite an interesting character. Don't know if you know anything about him. Probably not, because nobody really does. Yeah. So he was, what, tw- 20s? Is that Something him? Something like that. Something yeah, like that. I can't remember. But he was, not- was notoriously dead. taciturn. Refused to sort of speak a lot. And so there's a uh, apocryphal story, I'm sure. So he doesn't he doesn't talk like he pisses. Indeed. No, as Clemenceau <laughs> would have us uh, believe. Um, and apparently he was at a dinner party and a lady turned over to him and said, I've made a bet with a friend that I can make you say three words before the end of dinner. And apparently he turned around and said, you lose, and said nothing else. <laughs> that was rather good. Not to be able to become president based on just not really saying much, just being the strong, silent type. So, so actually, apparently that was part of his whole image, was wow. like being a, a stern, but uh, careful, cautious, you know, uh, didn't not a blabbermouth, not a, not a fucking Teddy Roosevelt, was he? Well, you can't, you can't be called out on anything you say if you don't say, say anything, anything at all. <laughs> and people just go... Oh, no, I like him. He's got got something going on there. I feel like that's what Theresa May is doing. She hasn't said anything for years. Yeah, of three, note. three words. Yes. Strong and stable. Oh, ah, <laughs> ah. Apparently, they did a poll and only 20% of the public had actually heard her say that, which to me suggests that the public are unbelievably badly informed and mm. don't watch the news, which is probably true. Or just uh, that sort of thing where you hear something so often that it starts to lose all meaning. But this is the problem is they start parroting it back without knowing that they've heard it from the Conservative mm. Party. They say, oh, well, she seems strong. She seems stable. It's just like gone <laughs> deep into sort of the water table of your consciousness. I mean, we're not helping. No. Strong and stable. <laughs> Tory what's, hypnosis tapes. What's Jeremy Corbyn's one? For the many, not for the few, I think. Too many words. Too many Jeremy. words. Too, too many wordy. words. Just say, fucking hate Tories. That would be, a, what, a unifying message? Yeah, it would. <laughs> it would work. I don't know what the Lib Dems one is. <laughs> it's probably about 50 pages long. We were not supposed to talk about this election. No, we're trying to distract Kingdom. ourselves with literally anything else. 
uh, Australian Prime Minister Paul Keating. Paul Keating. Is that an old Prime Minister? He's sort of uh, 90s, actually, early 90s. 90s. Yeah. He was the one that uh, brought some parity for uh, Native Australians, actually. Mm. He was a Labour Prime Minister. Uh, it was a famous uh, case called Marbo versus Queensland, in case anybody's interested. I had to do that earlier this year. And he said of his, what was going to be his successor, actually, John Howard, he's just a shiver looking for a spine to run up. Oh, that's quite, that's lovely. It's, actually. it's, delicious, it's quite isn't poetic, it? I thought. Just a shiver looking for a... Un- unfortunately, if you say an Australian a... accent, <laughs> it loses its poetry. Just a shiver looking for a spine to, to run up. <laughs> Indeed, yes. It doesn't quite work. Just in fact, just... if you said all of these quotes in an Australian accent, none of them would work. <laughs> okay. Are you ready? I don't know. You need to tell me what for. Are you, are you prepared... Have you prepared yourself? Oh, we're we hearing about some parliamentary procedure. So, so a lot of the insults that come out um, of parliaments me, around the world. Let me settle in a little should, bit. Should I, right. Welcome to part two of Candidate Night with Hannah and Tom, where I go on about parliamentary procedure. Oh, it's very exciting. So a lot of... That's a, a terrifying amount of bullet points you've got. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of um, the insults that you get in parliament are quite specific because there's a principle called unparliamentary language, which you're not allowed to use. Uh, and so, for example, every member of the House of Commons in the United Kingdom is considered honourable. So you say, my honourable friend, you don't refer to them as... You, wanker. You, whatever. <laughs> you, twat. You could say, my honourable friend is a twat. Then we'll see if that passes the parliamentary unparliamentary language test. Mm. So that's the principle, is that you can't impugn their honour. But there's a few other things you can't do. You, you can't imply that they're drunk even if they are drunk, which is, you know, not uncommon in the Commons. Well, there's how, how many bars in... Well, I was only allowed to go to the staff bar, which is literally underground. <laughs> but I'm sure there's lots of, like... The Strangers Bar is quite the, is the famous one on the terrace, and there's a couple of others, yeah. A couple of others. Yeah, the Lords have their own as well. Yes, I imagine quite a lot of Merlot... Merlot. ...being downed around there. Yes, yes, I think so. And a lot of them, they slumped on the back. They look completely, <laughs> completely out of it. But well, you, King Clark's always drunk. But you can't, if they're literally standing on the table, Doesn't singing matter. with the trousers off, you can't, 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 say you can't suggest they're drunk. No, can't well, say I they're love drunk. that they they specifically put that in, because you, like, impugning someone's honour yes. would probably encompass you know, saying that they're, they're pissed. But you, they've, you had, they've had to actually just say it and they go. Say we're all drunk, guys. <laughs> Let's not suggest that anybody is, yeah. So you can't say that they're a blackguard. Ooh. Can't say that they're drunk. Can't say that they're a gutter snipe or a stool pigeon or a pipsqueak. That's just the United Kingdom. Is Twitter is uh, Twitter is Twat okay there? Well, I don't know. I should check. Actually, that's a good point. Probably not. I think not. So there's there's ways that they get round it. Gutter snipe. Gutter snipe. There's ways that they get round it, and so there's a, a fairly famous one, uh, Dennis Skinner, who is in his eighties and has been the MP for Bolsover since, I think, 1960-something. Still there, standing again this election. Wow. They call him the Beast of Bolsover. <laughs> um, and he's a former miner, you know, proper proper old school. And he's got his seat that he's always in. And he's quite good at it. So there was one a while ago, many years ago now, I think, where he said, he stood up and he said, um, something along the lines of half the Tory front bench are crooks. And so the Speaker stood up and he said, you need to withdraw that. And he said, fine, half the Tory bench Aren't crooks. <laughs> Very good. So that's a good way of getting around it. He's been suspended uh, at least ten times from Parliament. All but one of you are not twats. Exactly. That's the kind of thing that you've got to go for, I think. So 
other for, up from around the world, other other things you're not allowed to say in parliaments. New Zealand, you can't say the idle vaporings of a diseased mind. That's unparliamentary. India, you're not allowed to call anybody a communist, even members of the Communist Party, which is fairly active over there. Hong Kong, foul grass grows out of a foul ditch. Rather nice. Canada, can't call somebody a parliamentary pugilist. Pugilism. So, yeah, boxer. Mm. Yeah, why not? Uh, <laughs> Trudeau got pulled up a while ago when he was in opposition. He called the Conservative Member of Parliament for Thornhill, Peter Kent, a piece of shit, and he was asked to withdraw. And to be fair to Trudeau, Kent was trying to withdraw Canada from the Kyoto Agreement. So he was a piece of shit. <laughs> Trudeau was right. Got a few others. Got a lot. Wasn't there... Um, someone had a, a fist fight breakout in, in Parliament recently. Was it the Ukraine? The Ukraine had one, yeah. Yeah, like They're a huge brawl. Have they, mm. They've had a few. They've well, had well, a few. Well, been, there's been lots lots around in other countries as well. Yeah. Pick on Ukraine, but yeah. Uh, Georgia as well, actually, which mm. came up when I was researching the South Ossetia one. Yeah, they're good for it. I think because of South Ossetia, actually, they had a bit of a fight in the Georgian Parliament. When was our most recent brawl? I'm sure we, we haven't. No, we don't. We don't. We don't. One doesn't. One, one, shouldn't. one, one, one shouldn't. doesn't. This is partially because you know the distance between too the drunk. two benches uh, is two swords lengths. Oh, because that... back in the day, obviously, you'd come you in with your sword, have a little stamp, yeah, across so, the aisle. And they've still got in the members' cloakrooms. They still have places to hang your sword because you shouldn't take it in. Obviously, I remember hearing about that. I can't remember if it was on a podcast or someone, but someone said they had hooks for swords in the elevators. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like, well, surely. Swords have been disused be since before. Elevators uh, no, have been around for a long time. Have they? Yeah, yeah. And so you'd have like uh, Arthur Wellesley, Lord, what's his face, who won the Napoleonic War for it. I can remember his real name and not his lord title. <laughs> um, the guy who won the Battle of Trafalgar, no, not Trafalgar, uh, Waterloo. Nelson. Nel no, no, the other one. Uh, d the Duke of um... Wellington. Wellington. <laughs> Wellington, that's the one. Uh, What's his name? Arthur, 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 Arthur Grimsby. Arthur, <laughs> Arthur Grimsby. Arthur Grimsby. You might know me. Far off them of... French. I'm Duke of Wellington. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he would have, you know, come in with a sword, and he would, yeah, lifts would have been around for the time. In the early hand crank yeah. Yeah, yeah. by poor people. Oh, definitely poor yeah. people. Yeah, you know, <laughs> crank your own shaft. <laughs> Wellesley, crank your own shaft. <laughs> <laughs> So there's um, bits and bobs about. I don't. I don't know if you're interested. I find it interesting. Well, if I'm not, I'm just gonna. I'll hold everyone's hand through this, and we'll make it out together. <laughs> Deep dark so, forest. Of... So you know, what I was saying is that everybody's the honourable. You say my right honourable friend or my honourable friend. Do you know what is the difference? The difference between, between right honourable and honourable. Uh oh, I don't. I'm wondering if I can guess. Yeah, give it a go. Um, is it something to do with if if they have a title other than that? It's it's not far off. Yeah. So everybody's an honourable. In the, in the House of Commons, if you ask, uh, if you get into the Privy Council, you become right honourable. So all the ministers are in the Privy Council. Some ex-ministers, all that kind. Of, well, all the ex-ministers, that kind of thing. So that's all it is. But you have to remember that. But the problem is, is that there's also historical things that you need to use. So if, for example, you are a lawyer, I would have to refer to you as my honourable and learned friend, Hannah. If you were a priest, honourable and reverend. Uh, there's a few more, which I forget. Oh, uh, if you're a soldier, honourable and gallant, then say my honourable and gallant friend, Hannah Maxwell. Well, I quite like that. It's not bad, So what, if, if someone is an MP, but they've been in the army, they'd be yeah. honourable and gallant. Honourable and gallant. There's a few. Yeah, there's a few. In yeah. Room. And do you have people who are like vicars? And yeah. Well, not anymore, but you used to. Yeah, definitely. The, most, um, the only vicars we've now got are in the bloody House of Lords. 
Ugh. I thought you were because we now got her in the churches. <laughs> in the prisons. In the, whoa. Um, Is that all of them? Learned, gallant, reverend. So there's there's a few. There's I just a wonder l- if, if every single like, and if you're a nursery teacher. Well, so there's a lot. My, if you're in the my right sticky friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if you're in the lords, because obviously there's uh, orders of precedence, they're called. So the lowest one is baron. And then, you know, you go all the way up to... Uh, baron is the lowest. Baron is the lowest. Yeah, yeah, baron. So most... In fact, all do they female... Get, do they get bullied by... <laughs> by the dukes and marquesses, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. All right, so, baron. So yeah. only the hereditaries will be above baron now. Uh, barons are the, the, the ones that get in, you know, from years of service or whatever. In oh, the idiots. Idiots. Born into it. Well, so yeah, so the born into it are the dukes and the earls and the marquesses and the vicomtes and all the rest of it. So yeah, so there are lots that to do with them um, you used to have to wear a top hat to ask a question in Parliament just one that they passed around so it's a, it's, a, it's a very specific procedure if you want to raise a point of order during a division in Parliament you were supposed to wear a top hat until 1998 so they had a stack of top hats at the, the side of every bench until 98 yeah so like Tony Blair was yeah yeah thing. yeah if you wanted to make a point of order during a division you would you have to, to wear a top hat put a little de- um, what their footage of them Doing this? I'm sure, yeah. I'm oh, sure there wow, is some. Oh, wow, I'm going to have to yeah, give yeah. that a little bit. Yeah, yeah, quite right. Um, you can't speak Welsh in Parliament. Ooh. But you can speak Norman French, which nobody speaks anymore. It's dead language. <laughs> so that's good. Used to be a rifle range under the House of Lords until, I think, last year. Should you want to shoot some poor people? <laughs> There's a bowling alley under the White House, isn't there? Uh, yes, indeed, yeah. And that, I think that was installed... Who was it? It was one of the comparatively recent ones. I can't remember. I can't remember either. But I know there was um, a like an indoor pool that was like, built over and then they rediscovered it. Yes, that's right, yeah. Um, again, can't remember any details remember. of that. But yeah, but the White House is filled with different bits that they, they make and then unmake and different presents yeah. and things. In. Okay, a uh, few, few last things on parliamentary procedure. When the Speaker walks through to go into the House of Commons... He walks through the public area. The, mm. And so when the public are there, the sergeant-at-arms shouts, Hats off, strangers! And you have, if you're wearing a hat, you have to take it off. They're very, very strict about this. And uh, it's because everybody's a stranger that isn't an MP, in technical terms. And, and they refer to them as that. You refer to them as strangers. Hello, yeah. stranger. Hello, stranger. Take your hat off. <laughs> Hats off. Pants off, strangers! <laughs> Pants off. We should try that. No, don't try that. <laughs> um, and at the end of the day, when the MPs are going home... Aww. The the two Andy, doormen will say in unison, "Who goes home?" Do you have to answer? Is there a response? No. Me. Just just tradition now. It's because back in the day, Westminster was a bit of a shithole and quite dangerous, and so they were encouraging MPs to go home in groups. Oh, you, have you all got buddy? Yeah, got yeah. buddy up, buddy yeah. up with the Tories. Get, get your cab. Don't walk. <laughs> that was quite sweet. Oh. Okay. Last thing. Used okay. To, used to be until I think last year a snuff box in the House of Commons. A communal one. Yes. Oh, lovely. Because you're not allowed to smoke. Inside the House of Commons, and so they were. Nobody's used it for. Nobody takes snuff, I think, in this country, as far as I'm aware. No, I haven't seen anyone doing that. So were you, were you like dust a bit, like put it up your nose, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cocaine of tobacco. <laughs> Is that its, that's its tagline? That's. Uh, I'm trying to market it. I'm trying to bring it over to Britain. <laughs> um, when did they stop smoking in Parliament? Uh, I don't know. So because smoking only started here. Obviously, after the discovery of America. Oh, yeah, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of the other end, Tom. Right. Okay. <laughs> well, no, so I think it would be quite So sometime early. after that. <laughs> My guess, and I have no basis of this, after the Great Fire of London. Mm, into what? Well, that was also before that was the Great Stink. Yes. Yeah. Oh, no, was that the 1800s? When was the Great Stink? I, we're just, when was the smog? I don't know anything. When was the smog? The thing where 
the, the, the Supers. Thames was like rank, and they 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 cancelled cancelled Parliament. They, cancelled sus- Parliament. they suspended, suspended Parliament. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> they yeah. cancelled it the next season because um, <laughs> it just smelled so bad. Yeah. The entire season. Yeah. Mm. So that match might be a time where you'd want to back up your nose. I don't think I've got anything else. I don't think I've got anything else. I think we should have to cut out most of that because it's boring. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it was interesting. I think don't don't be too hard on yourself. It's interesting, but I was bad. It's it's interesting. Um, If we wanted to be funny, we should have picked a different subject subject altogether. (laughs) Uh, Oh no, I've got one more. One more. One more. Okay. okay. One more that I really want to do. Cool. So South Africa, quite famous. South Africa. Shall I do it all in an accent? No, don't. Okay. No, 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 no. Shall I do it in a different accent? Um, <laughs> what you got? Throw it at me. I've, uh, I've had one and a half beers. Okay. Uh, um, I can't think of any that would go down well. <laughs> so just you do it in your nicest speaking voice. So South Africa, quite famous. They have, they have uh, spats in Parliament, in their Parliament. And one that I found a video of that I found really enjoyable. So it's a three-way spat. So it started off with an MP talking about another MP. And he said, when I think about that member... All I can think of are words like puppet, sellout, traitor, drug lord, sex pest, shallow, directionless. And then he was cut off. He was cut off by another, and this is important, I'm not to say, but a white member of parliament standing up and shouting, shut up, Teletubby. <laughs> <laughs> to which he was immediately shut down by another woman who stood up and <laughs> just shouted, that white boy just said Teletubby. <laughs> It's so good. Why a Teletubby? I don't know. Are they big in South Africa? When is this? I like a 90s thing, Teletubby. I cannot imagine like? South African children watching Teletubbies and I don't know why. Also, well, maybe... Oh, it's maybe... Dipsy and Dinky Winky. Oh, no. Poe. You... Oh, look, it's Poe over the hill. <laughs> Naughty new new. Which one's the gay one? <laughs> okay, we'll see if we cut that. <laughs> no, I'm South African now. <laughs> <laughs> I just think, what if it maybe it came over but not being quite understood? Because how could you possibly understand it? Well, I'm just thinking, why would you call someone a Teletubby? And shut up, you Teletubby! <laughs> so fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> the other woman just stands up in just complete <laughs> bafflement. That white boy just said Teletubby. <laughs> All good. I think so. A witticism from the 1800s. I would love a wit. Let's should we wrap up with a witticism from the 1800s? I'm going to try and do two different voices so you know which is which. Is one of them going to be angry South African lady? Then no, they're both going to be British. Okay, thank goodness for that. Uh, one of them's a lord, right? John Montague. John 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 Montague is going to be this voice, and then John Wilkes is going to be this voice. Okay. Are they the same voice? That's a very slight difference. You you look angrier with the first one, but I don't know if that will come across through the microphone. Okay, well, we'll try. Well, So the important thing is the first sentence is John Montague, second sentence, John Wilkes. Okay, John Montague is a lord. Sir, I do not know whether you will die on the gallows or of the pox. That, sir, depends on whether I embrace your lordship's principles or your lordship's mistresses. Snap! Well, snap! Ah, <laughs> oh, well, I think that probably draws us to a close. Thank I think you. so. Very much, Tom, for providing the lion's share of <laughs> the content of that first um, stab in the dark for election snap. Great, yeah, fine. Do you want to do do the honours? Do the honours. Do the honours. Do the honours. Right the right, my friend. my right honourable. What's your job? I'd be learned. Administrative. I'll be learned. Okay. I've got law degrees. He's got law degrees, so you'd be learned. Yes. I'd be um, right honourable and arty friend. Arty friend. Oh, I like that. Because I do my etchings. <laughs> Your crochet. My crochet. My performance. Well, okay. 
I'll I'll wrap it up then. Radio. Um Thank you ever so much for listening. If you want to subscribe on iTunes, you can find us at Candidate Night. That would be absolutely wonderful. Very helpful. Thank you very much. If you're the kind of person that follows people on Twitter, well done you. We are not quite the kind of people that post anything on Twitter, but um, by the time you're listening to this in the post-apocalypse 2025, then um, we will. What am I going on about? I anyway, don't know. I've no... At Candidate Night. Facebook.com forward slash Candidate Night. Literally done. We're just done. Done, done, done. (laughs) Michael Foote called Norman Tebbit a semi-house trained polecat. Fuck. Bye.